Welcome to the In Every Place podcast, the show that brings you the story beyond the headlines of what God is doing around the world today. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the In Every Place podcast. Huge honor and privilege to have Carol McClelland with us today. Carol, thank you so much for being willing to uh, to be interviewed here on the podcast today. It's a joy and an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Sam. Of course. Well, uh, you know, you and I were talking just a few minutes ago and hearing a little bit more of your backstory. would love for you to hear or for you to share uh, with anyone who's listening or watching right now of what's your story and then kind of lead us into uh, the work that you're currently doing. So we'd love to hear your backstory, Carol, and uh, then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Hello, everyone. My name is Carol McClelland, and um, I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, um, and I became a Christian at Illinois State University um, through a ministry called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Um, it was my freshman year, and I was far away from God, and um, I just met Jesus at an InterVarsity Christian Fellowship meeting, and the people were so amazing. I connected so greatly with them. Um, and a funny thing is actually before I actually met Jesus, I went to a meeting and I was touched and they talked about evangelism team. Um, and they said, if you want to learn how to share your faith and with your friends, come to evangelism team. Um, well, I was not a Christian yet, but I had a lot of questions and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to that evangelism team because they're teaching my friends how to tell me about Jesus. I want to go to the direct people. And so I literally was on evangelism team. They found out the first day that I wasn't a Christian when we were talking about our testimonies. Um, and my partner was like, you didn't finish. <laughs> but um, so I literally got to hear testimony after testimony of how, how Jesus had changed people's lives. I had learned the gospel presentation, all of this stuff. And they were so gentle with my heart and patient on when I was ready. But I did accept Jesus um, my freshman year at the end of first semester. Um, and I just knew that I wanted to tell other people about him. And so that second semester, I did groups invested in God. I led um, a bunch of other people, all my friends um, in um, a relationship with Jesus was so exciting. And so I knew what I was going to do. I knew I had a call um, to share my faith and to share Jesus with other people. Um, and it was a strong calling on my life. And I was totally confused when all of a sudden, um, when I was serving at a homeless shelter, my junior year of college, that a deaf woman walked into the homeless shelter and I was completely changed. I had no idea how to communicate with her. I had no idea how to tell her about Jesus. Um, but, and I did all of the wrong things in the beginning, screaming louder, trying to communicate with my mouth. But um, we ended up writing back and forth and um, becoming good friends. And so for that semester, it was spring semester, every Saturday I got to meet my friend, um, Tracy, um, and she taught me some sign language. And I 
um, was completely fell in love with, with this, these people and this language. I started learning. Um, praise God that Tracy got hooked up with her family again um, and was not on the streets anymore. Um, but that short encounter um, for just a couple months um, completely changed my life. And I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? I already thought I had this calling and now I have this passion for this, this, this new language and culture. And, um, and it wasn't a couple of years later that I found out how unreached the deaf community was that really my passion to share Jesus and my passion for missions actually really connected well with the unreached people group of the deaf community around the world. Um, and so God partnered those together. Um, and um, my husband and I are now here um, in Jamaica, Montego Bay, Jamaica. And we um, are just telling deaf people about Jesus and seeing them experience him, experience him in crazy wild ways, um, which is so fun. And so a little bit more background, um, but I... So I actually then, after I met Tracy, um, pursued sign language and a deaf education degree. And so it was during my internship in New Mexico, Santa Fe, that I met my husband, who was working in a BMW shop there. Um, and we ended up getting, you know, started dating and got married. And we lived in Santa Fe for a year. Um, I worked at the deaf school and my husband worked at the BMW shop. And after about a year, God just started stirring in our hearts for missions. And so we both went um, and we decided to do a DTS in Costa Rica. Um, and it was there in Costa Rica during our DTS that God moved on both of our hearts. So I already had a heart for the deaf, but my husband was learning sign, but was always like, this is my wife's thing. This is my wife's thing. But it was during our DTS that God moved on my husband's heart and was like, no, this is for me too. Like I'm called to these people and I'm called to learn sign. Um, and so we staffed there for two years um, and we knew that we wanted to set up a DTS or a discipleship training school through YWAM, Youth with a Mission, for people that were deaf. Um, and so we moved to Washington, D.C. so that my husband can learn American Sign Language. So every country around the world has a different sign language. Um, and so we were in Costa Rica and we were learning Lesco but my husband was getting confused with Lesco and ASL um, because they actually have some influence in Central America, America um, Sign Language has. And so there was some confusion. So he was like, we just need to learn one language. And then in the future, if God calls us to another place, we'll learn the second. And so we moved to Washington, DC. We served with YWAM, um, Jason Hershey and David's tent um, there for seven years, um, which was awesome. And we grew and learned so much. We started ASL DTSs there in Washington, DC, and we've led um, five that are there in Washington, DC and saw about 30 students um, who are deaf or hearing like myself that no sign um, go through a DTS. Um, and about two years ago, God moved us and called us to move internationally again. And so we um, moved here to Jamaica about um, a year and a half ago. Um, and then just recently has God been moving and doing a bunch of things here in Jamaica, which is really fun. So wow. 
Amazing. Well, I, I, you, from what you said there, there's a couple different questions that I want to ask that I think will be helpful for everyone to uh, kind of wrap their minds around the work that you're doing. So, so one, you guys are engaging in the deaf community and now you're doing it internationally. Uh, so Carol, could you share with us, I mean, you even mentioned the word unreached. Could you share with us, what is the global scale of the deaf community around the world. I think most people who might be listening, that might be a brand new thought entirely. So kind of take us into even when you became aware of this is a whole unreached community in, in where, where you currently were, let alone all around the world. What, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's 70 million people around the world that are categorized as deaf or they use sign language as their main mode of communication. So there are other people that are like, oh, I lose my hearing later in life. But um, the 70 million that I'm talking about are actually ones that communicate in, in, American, in different sign languages around the world. And out of those 70 million around the world, only 2% of those people, so 68 million people around the world that are deaf do not know Jesus. Um, and when you, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional, but um, when you think about where people learn Jesus, right? Um, you think about the first interaction is your parents. If your parents know Jesus, then they share with their kids about Jesus. Well, um, nine out of 10 people that are deaf have parents that are hearing and so they don't have the language communication so even if i'm a hearing person and my child is deaf i don't know the language that my child is learning at school or learning um, to fully communicate the gospel and there's out of out of the 10 there's usually one parent that's deaf um, and then there's usually one out of that nine that actually learn the language fluently to be able to fully wow. communicate with their child. Um, and there's many reasons we don't want to, you know, blame. Why don't you, but um, you know, there's many reasons they have other kids. And so it's hard to learn that one language or um, they, they actually are Spanish speakers, which I saw a lot in New Mexico. And so learning a completely other language on top of English um, is just super hard. Um, the time for classes and different things like that while they're working yeah. um, is pretty hard. But so, so eight out of 10 deaf people can't fully communicate with their parents. So even if their parents are Christians and know Jesus, um, the ability to, to share something complicated like the gospel um, is hard. Um, and then the second place where you go to, to learn about Jesus is church or Bible school or camps during the summer, you know, for kids. Um, but not many churches have um, or able to provide interpreters for, you know, even deaf adults to be able to attend church. Um, and so it is a play, it, it's a huge unreached population because there's, there's no one that's going in that knows the language that is fully communicating it in their heart language with them. Um, and so, so yeah, there's, there's this whole group. And then also when you think of missionaries, so you think missionaries are going to all of these countries, but when you think of a missionary going to Germany, they think, oh, I've got to learn German. They don't think right. about the deaf there. It's almost a unseen and of a, a unheard, you know, mm -hmm people group. Um, and so 
when when you go to another country, you don't you don't think about the death there um, and learning the sign there. And there's not like a country that's like all the deaf people are here. So I'll let's go there. to this country and tell the deaf people. Yeah, they're all over and they're hidden in society. They're they're in America. They're in they're everywhere. Um, but you don't. That's not the first thing people think of when they go on to a mission trip to these places. Um, and so it, it's actually if you combined all of the people in the whole world that are deaf. Um, and the 2%, they're actually like the third or the fourth unreached people group out of the whole world wow. right now, um, if you combine them all together. And so, um, yeah, there's less than 2% that know Jesus. Um, and there's over 350 sign languages. So like I said, every country has their wow. own language. Um, and just last year was the first Bible translated fully into sign language. So there's only, there's 350 sign languages out there and there's only one American sign language that has the full gospel and the full access of the Bible in their heart language. Um, mm. And that took 38 years to complete in wow. America. Um, and so, um, so it's, it's a very unreached population group mm. and um, they don't know about Jesus. Um, and yeah, and so it's it's exciting to be where we are right now, um, getting to tell people about Jesus for the first time. And I do have wow. some stories there, but I'm going to wait to say yeah. where where do we go next? Yeah, no. So so one just so just sharing. Hey, the scale of this is huge, and it, I think it's such a huge thing of how you were saying. Hey, these people are hidden from the vast majority of the eyes of society, the eyes of people all around the world. And so when we think about Jesus, who sees everyone, who sees everyone even on a heart level, uh, going after the ones and the twos everywhere, but then you put them all together and say, hey, when you just said, we got to realize this is as if, uh, you know, I think people might say, hey, in the 1040 window, there's these big pockets of people uh, so it's easy to identify that, but we're saying, hey, when you look at this as a collective community, this is a really, really big deal to the heart of God. Um, and so one question before getting into some, some of the more, some of the recent testimonies, stories, I would love to hear uh, either if this is a story or if you can kind of just share broadly what is it like or what's the experience like for when you share the gospel the, the simple message of Jesus and the cross and his invitation to relationship with us. What is that like for someone? What's the response like of what you found for someone who's it's like, this is brand new. I've, I've never heard this before um, or I've never been shared. No one's ever shared this message with me. What is that experience like? Yeah. If you could maybe share like, just take it really down on the ground in that respect. What is that like? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I honestly, two testimonies like kind of come to mind when I Great. think of no, it. Great. No, let's do it. And so, um, but yeah, so we sent a team to Romania and Bulgaria. Um, and so we lead DTSs and our heart is to train deaf leaders to share the gospel around the world. So training deaf leaders, deaf missionaries, deaf pastors, seeing churches planted um, all around the world for people that are deaf. And so, uh, you know, we know that, you know, it's great when a missionary can come and to share the gospel, but hearing it from someone who's deaf themselves, 
who has the language natively from when they were, you know, making it clear in their own heart language is amazing. So that's, that's what we do. And it is a joy to see that. Um, and we sent a team once to Bulgaria and they went, um, I don't even know where it was. I wasn't on that team. I was having my second baby, but they went to a, they went to a place in Bulgaria where there was a deaf Roma. And so gypsy, but the honor name is Roma um, in Bulgaria. And he had never met a deaf person in his life. He thought, he literally thought he was the only person in the world that was deaf like him. He had never met anybody else that was deaf. Um, And he had some little bit of home signs. So just pointing and not even language because he never went to a formal school. He never went, I mean, he never met anybody else that was like him. Um, And so our team actually went to this place and met him. And he was so shocked that there was somebody else first, that there was somebody else like him. And so, um, I mean, he just was so like, what? And, and people were doing these signs and he was like complete just joy all over wow. his face, seeing that there was another person that was like him and that couldn't talk and that couldn't hear. Um, and so our team just like fellowshiped with him and tried to communicate with him, you know, the best they could and communicate the gospel and, um, and, and, and things like that. And, um, that that trip to Bulgaria was amazing. So they first just connected and was friends and started learning the language. So whenever we go to a different country, you have to, we spend two weeks just learning their language because we want to be able to communicate the gospel clearly. Right. So the first two weeks is just fellowshipping and like hanging out and starting to learn their language so that we communicate it in a clear mm-hmm. way. Um, and um, and a, for a deaf person to learn another sign language, it can be a lot quicker because there's a lot of basis that's the same, facial expressions and body movement. And so we could actually communicate by the end of a two month outreach, wow. sometimes our, um, our students that are deaf themselves can preach a full sermon in wow. their in the, that the language that they yeah. learned in that, in that country. So, um, and, and so that is, it's so cool. But so they were just like learning the language and. And then our team got asked to, it was just a crazy outreach, but um, so they went to a church earlier um, that in Bulgaria, they were only in Bulgaria for five weeks, but they went to a church right away. And there was only two people that showed up for this church service. (laughs) And our team was like, what do we do? There's only two people. And God was like, I'm after the one. I go after the one. I leave the 99. I go after the one, do the whole presentation, the whole got everything. Um, and so they did drama, it, you know, again, communicating with the deaf is mostly in dramas, especially because we don't know the language right away, but they did drama. And afterwards, a woman was completely touched. Um, and she said, I want to be baptized right wow. now. I want to be baptized. And so they were in Bulgaria and they do not have bathtubs in Bulgaria. I don't know if you knew this, but it was really hard to try to find a bathtub or a pool of water to baptize this woman, Mina, that wanted to get baptized. And so they called a bunch of people and like, oh, nobody had a bathtub or things like that. And so Mina was like, the Black Sea is like right outside. Like, let's just go to the Black Sea and get baptized. Um, and so we were like, the, the team was like, okay. And so they literally went out to the Black Sea in freezing cold water in winter. Um, and two of our student staff and student went into the water and um, had the honor of, 
of baptizing this woman um, after she had said yes to Jesus. And so she just knew it. She knew. I was like, I need to be baptized right now and let's find some water and let's go into a freezing cold sea um, in order for me to testify about what I want, you know, I want Jesus. And so afterwards, she then said, will you please come to my husband? Like my husband has not gone to church for a long time, but please come back home to my husband. And so um, the team just, I mean, it was literally like Acts. They were just like the book of Acts. They were just, okay, let's move around. So they went back um, to this woman's house and met her husband. And he was so confused about this group of people coming into his house. <laughs> and um, But he had something with his eye that, um, he was struggling with something with his eye and, um, and he wasn't able to see and it was becoming a really big problem because he's deaf. And so our sight is so important. Yes. Um, and the team just had faith to pray for healing. Like the team just was like, let's just pray. And so they prayed and they left that day, not knowing, but they prayed. And they just said, you know, we believe that God is a God that can heal. And so let's pray for your eye. Um, a few days later, they found out from the pastor that was with them, chasing us all around, you know, the place, the city, um, that that man's eye got healed. Wow. And he was able to see clearly. Um, mm. And so this testimony spread all around the deaf community in Bulgaria. Wow. And so like a week later, they were in a different city. They got to meet um, this one boy, Berko, Bro I'm not sure exactly his name, but they met him who is Roma. And then they, they were in, asked to come to a deaf club. And so mm. at this deaf club, um, it's like a gathering of deaf people to come together like monthly to like play yeah. games, fellowship, just like hang out. Um, it's not a Christian club. And so the club specifically asked them not to talk about Jesus. Hmm. Um, and so we were like, okay, we'll still go, but you know, like we won't talk about Jesus. Um, we'll honor that and, and see what comes out of it. And yeah. so we went, they went and they brought this new friend so that he could meet other deaf people in Bulgaria. Hmm. Um, and so we brought his friend, brought the friend and we arrived there and we're doing introductions, right? Like, hi, I'm from America. Like, you know, everybody's like, you're not Bulgarian. Who are <laughs> what you? Are you doing what are you here? doing Um, and so we are like, exactly. So we're explaining like why we're doing and things like that, but we're trying to do it in an honoring way, like not sharing the gospel. Um, and anyway, a man comes, stands up in the middle of the meeting and just says, are you guys the people that baptized Mina? Like what happened? We've heard about it. That's my sister, Mina. Like we've heard about us. Tell us about what you told her. Wow. And it was like this open door opportunity that we did not set up. It was totally God. And so they were able to share the gospel, present the gospel right there at that meeting. I think there was about like 20 people, nine people, including the boy that they had brought from wow. the Roma community accepted Jesus that day. Um, and so they all got to stand up and say a prayer um, mm. leading these people to the Lord. And then they also got to connect them to the deaf pastor that they were working with where only two people showed up that week, you know, but still wow. there was this fruit that happened out of that testimony. Mm. Um, and so then they were able to connect them for wow. a deeper, you know, fellowship and discipleship in the future. Um, and so, yeah, just, I think, 
people that are deaf are usually rejected, are usually looked down upon, are usually oppressed, are usually saying, you can't do this, you're not good enough, you're not this kind of thing. And so I think the realization that there's a God out there that created the universe and that died on the cross um, to give them an opportunity to have life and relationship with that God, um, it's, it's amazing. And they don't understand it. They don't, why would somebody like me, why would somebody want a relationship with me? Um, and, and why would somebody love me? You know, they know they have sin in their life. They know that they've not been following or doing this or that, but, um, the realization, no, God loves you exactly the way you are. And he wants you to come to him exactly the way he is. And he knows sign language. That's like a huge thing. Like we say, you don't need to like just sign to him. And he knows the language. Like he is the God of all diversity and all languages. Like, and they're like, he knows sign language, like because they're so used to not being able to communicate, sure, with, right? Yeah, with people. And at so, large. like, they have mom and dads that, mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 aren't able to communicate with them, and so they assume that there's this God that can't wow. communicate with them, or it's a hearing God, and that um, they're not invited in, you know, because wow. they go to churches without interpreters, and so they don't know what's going on, um, and so it's. I mean, people is, it's, it's amazing. Um, and so it, it is a gift every Sunday. My husband and I are here in Jamaica. And um, when we moved here to Jamaica, we were not supposed to be in Montego Bay. We were doing some training and then we were moving. But so can during I, those three months of cultural training, yes, go ahead. Let, go me, let me ask a question with that. I'd, I'd love for some, some dots to get connected because again, with what you said at the beginning, hey, this is this is some, a people that God sees, and that when we pray and listen to Him and simply obey to the next thing He's telling us. For you guys that led you to Washington D.C. and then to Jamaica, what was or maybe? Here's the question I want to ask you, and maybe you can the dots you can connect for us. Um, what did you discover in Jamaica with the deaf community, or sorry, in D.C. for the deaf community there, and how did that then? How did you get to Jamaica? Maybe. Take us through that journey of, of discovery of, of uh, how God led you guys and then fill us in on we were in Jamaica doing trainings and take us to, to where we are today. Yes, perfect. So yeah, so we were in Jamaica, um, D.C. and we were doing um, discipleship training schools and going on outreaches all around the world. And so um, we had gone to Israel for our first outreach, um, which was absolutely amazing um but and then we went to um the philippines brazil and um romania bulgaria um and so when we actually went to brazil there is a ywammer working with the deaf there and um when we went to when we go internationally you can totally tell the difference in america there are there's education for the deaf there are rights for the deaf there are, um, you know, they they know how to read and write, and so they're able to read and write the, the read the Bible, even if they're not, you know, they don't have. We didn't have the sign language Bible, but they were able to read. Um, there's there's pastors, there's interpreters, there's there's deaf um, churches and fellowships, and so um, when we were in the states, it was great, and we were connecting and things like that. But then when we would go abroad, 
you could see the vast difference of, um, of access to the gospel. Um, and that was something that just really burdened our hearts was um, we love what we're doing. And we knew that moving to DC, we weren't, it wasn't an forever because it was for my husband to learn sign language and he had learned mm. sign language. God was starting to stir in our hearts to move internationally again mm. um, and to see more of the international deaf community know Jesus. Yeah. Um, and to, to, to go to a place where we can continue to train Americans um, and also be reaching a community internationally that doesn't have access. And so, um, so that's how God led us to Jamaica. Jamaica, American sign, it, sign language influenced Jamaican sign language a great mm. deal. So it's a mixture again, just like Costa Rica of mm. American sign language and then Jamaican um, country signs. And so, um, so moving to Jamaica is also an English speaking country um, for my husband and I who are not gifted at spoken languages, but sign languages we can pick up quicker. Um, and so we, we moved to Jamaica and there was a woman here that was doing her master's degree, a YWAMer that was doing her master's degree in the deaf community and wow. the access to the deaf community. And she contacted us about what we were doing in DC. Um, and so we helped her along with her masters and basically she invited us to move to Jamaica. Um, and we just felt like it was a really, really good fit and it was what God was doing. And so, um, and we knew that if we moved to Jamaica, Americans would still be able to come, which mostly yeah. we were training Americans at that time in DC, a few Europeans, but mostly Americans. Um, but we still wanted to train Americans and the sign language was similar. And so we wouldn't have to be like translating yes. completely different <clears throat> sign languages, um, you know? And so the deaf Jamaicans and the Americans are still able to communicate enough. Um, and by the, we're in the fourth week now, so they're doing a lot better than the first week. Um, but we're able to communicate enough. Um, and so that we would have access to still train deaf Americans, but then we also can make an impact on the local deaf community in Jamaica. Um, and so that's how we moved wow. um, from DC to Jamaica. Um, and, and, and so then can I go on now? Does Please. That make yeah, sense? Yeah. Yes. Yes. With the dots. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So, so when we moved here to Jamaica, we were um, doing cultural training, just Jamaican cultural training, getting to know the base leaders here and different things like that. And that was in Montego Bay. Um, and for those three months, Usually when we go to a country on outreach, we look for deaf clubs, deaf schools, and deaf churches or fellowships. Those are the three places that immediately we try to get connected to. Um, and then from there, we brought in um, our, our contacts. Well, there was nothing. There is nothing in Montego Bay on Sundays for deaf people to, to fellowship, to gather around Jesus on Sundays. We couldn't believe it. No, there's not one church that is doing interpreting consistently um, and there was not a, a deaf fellowship and so we had planned to move to the central of Jamaica and partner with a deaf pastor there that's what our original plan was um, but we were like nobody's doing it here in Jamaica and God was just stirring on our hearts for the unreached and so after those three months we were just like no, we're staying in Montego Bay. Like we wow. love what you're doing there, but you're doing it and you have your yeah. teaching, your fellowshipping, you're doing it. Like here in Montego Bay, there's a large community of deaf people that don't have anything. And so um, we 
um, actually planted a deaf church this wow. last fall. My husband and I have never desired to want to be a pastor, but there was such a need where we met deaf people and we couldn't invite them anywhere to know more about Jesus when we would talk mm. about Jesus and different things like that. Um, and so my husband and I um, started um, with our two staff and um, we had a church internship. So for two Americans and two Jamaicans joined us this fall to help us start and pioneer a church. Um, and um, at first there was only like one or two people that came and it, it was like our staff and things like that. But um, as we've been going now, it's been, I think six, six or seven months, we consistently have 20 people coming to church every wow. Sunday um, that are learning about Jesus, that are meeting him and are encountering him in worship that is in their heart language. So deaf worship is something that's completely different wow. too. Like every country has their little style. So deaf worship has a big bass drum and you just beat the drum and you have a consistent kind of four beat tap. Um, and it's almost like a psalm or like a, you know, a wow. poem where then out of that place, they, they beat, they dance, you know, they kind of move to the meat and they just say, you know, Jesus, Jesus, you are good or something. But it's, wow. it's, it's, we have this drum that we beat and, 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 and we sign to the song. Hmm. Um, and my husband and I completely, you know, whenever we're around the deaf community, we actually don't use our voices um, to come completely immerse ourselves in their culture and in their language. And um, that's one thing that has really struck, like people are like, even when you're talking to each other, you're hearing, but you, you, you use sign language. So I understand like, you know, and that's wow. been such a huge, un wow. Okay. God does understand because these two people that are here, you know, are signing wow. and are letting us have access to all of these things. So, um, so he preaches, you know, we preach in sign language and they get to hear it in their heart language and um, they're just growing and learning so much and it's so fun. So, um, so yeah, so there's, we started a deaf church, which is just so exciting to see more and more people um, coming and encountering Jesus in that way. Um, wow. And then just four weeks ago, did we start our first um, it's, it, we now changed the name to Deaf World DTS, um, okay. here in Jamaica. And so this is our first pioneering, um, DTS discipleship training school here in Jamaica. And we have eight students, um, four from Jamaica and three from America and one from Holland, all deaf, um, that are here pursuing Jesus, um, in a deep way. And so, wow. um, yeah absolutely amazing carol it, it's it's uh again yeah. it's that it's that eye-opening awareness of uh you know jesus saying i'm always about my father's business and he's always he's always at work and that nothing goes unseen nothing is forgotten by him and hearing just really yeah. simple simple acts of love that uh are stepping into what sounds like huge gaps of the human heart uh, that he comes in and fills with himself uh, is is absolutely amazing. So maybe a, a question that um, maybe the last last question here for you, Carol, is um, and this is what I love. I, I the 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 big works of God. They, it always it starts small, and it's it's faithfulness with what's right in front of us mm -hmm. and loving the one. Just like what you said, that testimony in Bulgaria. Uh, 
for the one. Um, so when you hear, hey, the, the scale of this 68 million people, it starts by we're, we want to train, we want to raise up, we want to empower. What, what would you want people to hear yeah. of where they are, wherever anyone is who's listening to this, when it comes to, hey, this is the heart of God. I, you've already been sharing. You've been sharing, hey, this is, this is the heart of God, and this is something that Jesus is doing. <laughs> but what, what would you share with uh, folks as far as, hey, here's, here's where the gap is, and here's the encouragement, or here's the exhortation that you would have to come alongside of, of this work that God's doing, um, whether it be prayer or practical action um, in different ways, what, what would you say to people who, who hear this and it's like, okay, what do I do with this? Uh, what, what would you want to encourage people with in that respect? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, definitely prayer, you know, definitely um, praying that God would send more workers. Um, there are so few people that are working in the deaf community. Um, and all of the ones that I know are just, to be honest, are like overwhelmed with the need yeah. and overwhelmed with, um, you know, what God's doing. And so just praying for more people to be sent to reach deaf people around the world um, is definitely one thing that is great, as well as um, honestly, supporting deaf missionaries, um, which, you know, like if you guys are looking for somebody to support or someone to give a little monthly donation to, like, um, I know deaf missionaries that they just don't have the relationships with people that have the understanding of missions. Um, and so right now we have, you know, four deaf Jamaicans that are raising funds. And um, we have one um, staff that is deaf, partially blind. She can only see a little window and she is with us full time. She knows she's in mission. She wants to do missions in Africa, but training with us right now. Um, and so like um, getting connected to them and praying for them. And um, so right now what I'm doing is I'm just connecting some of the people that I know that love missions and love encouragement to one of these people because they don't yes. have that body of Christ that, I mean, the, the Jamaicans don't even have a pastor or a right. um, church family that is like, yeah, go do this. Like yeah. nobody sent them. Nobody is cheering them on. Like, um, you know, like, and, and they're constantly worried about their families or worried about this stuff. So um, just that encouragement or, or you know, if you want to be connected, like I can give my email or, you know, something where you can be connected to encourage um, and become the body of Christ to, um, to deaf workers that are out there. Yeah. Um, and then also another thing is, um, you know, I mean, learning a little bit of sign is always great. Like just that, that, I mean, deaf people really appreciate somebody who's willing to gesture, somebody who's willing to say hello and communicate and recognize that they're there. And I think so often as hearing people and even me in the beginning too, was like, I don't know sign language, so I'm embarrassed and I'm not sure what to do. And, you know, and so we just kind of avoid it or we just kind of avoid them. Um, where instead, if you just go out there and be like, I have no idea what to do, but I want to talk to you, like show me or teach me or, you know, making that step um, to learning a little bit um, and just welcoming them and, and, and including them um, is, is, is some things that you can do as well. 
Wow, that's amazing. Um, Carol, could you, or would you be willing just to pray for whatever the prayer of your heart is for 68 million uh, people in the yeah. deaf community. Could you pray that? And then uh, for whoever's listening or watching uh, right now, the, this is my encouragement at the end of every single one of these is that was you simply agree. And something I love so what, what uh, Mike Bickle says is what you pray for, you will grow to love. And it starts in that place. And so mm-hmm. as Carol prays, mm-hmm. let's all just agree mm-hmm. in our hearts and uh, pray the prayer of your own heart in agreement mm-hmm. uh, and allow Jesus to expand your heart with his heart after everything uh, that we just got to hear. Yeah, Jesus. So we just thank you for who you are. Thank you that you you love the one and that you pursue them over and over. And I thank you so much that you are pursuing the deaf community, that you are pursuing people in the deaf community to meet and encounter you in radical ways. So God, we just come before you right now, God, and we just ask for encounters. God, we ask just like Saul became Paul, God, that they would encounter you in a real way, God, that they would experience your love, that they would experience um, your heart and your family. And so, God, we just ask, God, for um, also, I, I pray for the, the painful experiences that, that this community has experienced growing up. I pray, God, that you would meet them in those places and that you would bring healing. God, that you would bring freedom. God, I pray for um, just identity to be written all over them, that you would speak your identity just like you did at Jesus' baptism. This is my son whom I love. And so, God, I just pray for that sonship and daughtership, God, that they would know that they are loved and that they have a heavenly father um, that loves them and that they belong that they're included in the gospel, that they're included in church and that God knows sign language. God, I just pray that um, more and more people that um, learn their language and that deaf people would believe that I could go. God, I pray that there would be just a a change in mindset of saying from I can't to I am called to go and that more and more deaf people would that know you already would say, and take responsibility to share you with others, and they would go. And so, God, I pray, God, that just the, in Acts, that the gospel would move s- swiftly among the deaf community, God, just like the word in Bulgaria moves swiftly, God. We just ask that, that, that more and more, wherever the places that you have planted people, God, that, um, and churches, God, that hearts would be softened. And that they would be able to say yes to you and surrender their lives and allow you to use them for your glory here on earth. We ask God for more translations of the Bible to be interpreted around the world so that they would have access to knowing who you are and your word through the Bible. God, we just ask that more and more deaf missionaries would be sent Mm -hmm. um, from all over the world to know and to share you with others. We first pray that they would experience you themselves and that they would have so much to give from an overflow of what you're doing inside of their lives. So God, we just, we just ask that um, 
Yeah, that, that more and more deaf people would meet you in a real and personal way. And God, that um, more churches would be set, more fellowships, God, where they can come and encounter the love of Christ through the body of Christ, that they would be able to worship you, that they would be able to worship you in their heart language, God, that they'd be able to fully understand um, who you are and the desire for relationship with them. So God, we just, we thank you for them. And we thank you, God. I thank you that you called me. I thank you that we said yes. And I thank you that we get to be part of this journey in telling more deaf people about you. And so God, we just ask that you would continue to work, God, and bring unity in this, in this between hearing that know Jesus and deaf that don't, God, that you would use partnership um, to bring together um, more people to know you. So thank you for who you are and what you're doing already. It's a joy to partner with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on the In Every Place podcast. To be notified of every new episode, hit the subscribe button wherever you choose to listen. If you found the story to be encouraging, please let us know by leaving a review and sharing the story with a friend.